0: Take your Bibles, and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're just going to read four verses here, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse 1, it says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also? Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that worth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. There in verse three it says, "Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ." I'd like to preach a message I've titled "Soldiers." for the cross. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning, and truly we are thankful, Lord, for those who have fought for our freedoms here. But the greatest of all that was ever set us free was when Jesus Christ went to the cross and died on the cross for us so we could have eternal life. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, strengthen us, help us to live for you, serve you. Lord, help us to reach the lost. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand that we are soldiers, every single one of us, in this mighty battle that's raging in this world today. Lord, I pray that you speak to hearts. Well, so if there's anybody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, if they don't know if they was to die this very day, that they'd go to heaven, Lord, I pray that they'd come and let us take a Bible and show them how to be saved during the invitation time. And Lord, have your will and will you speak to us, Lord, and through your Word, through the Spirit of God. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You be seated. Thank you for standing. We well, remember, of course, this past week Uh, there was many events that took place in honor of our veterans Uh, there was one here at the down on the square where they honored the veterans Uh, some of the school students went there and and played music and different things and i watched i drove one of the buses to take some of the kids up there and i watched as they the kids came back and they had given each of them a uh, flower and they they went over to the uh uh, one of the memorials and they they laid those flowers there and it's a reminder of what was the price that was paid and and the battle that went forth uh, during uh, many years, not just one battle, not, we can't just put our finger on one battle that, that give us our freedoms, but many battles that took place. We've seen many things take place and there's been many wars and, and peacekeeping missions that they've endured and that we might enjoy, the freedoms that we have today. And people who don't understand that, that they think that we're just free because we're free, don't understand the price of freedom. And Even Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross that we might have freedom from sin and from the grave and from hell. And so we, we thank the Lord for the freedoms that the Lord has allowed us and we thank the Lord for the veterans. But it also came to mind uh, the present battle that's raging around the world and has been since really the beginning of time there's been a battle that's going on. Not just one battle here or there, but a continual battle, one that has never ceased. It's a battle that actually fuels every war that has ever been fought on the planet Earth. It is a battle that many people don't really stop and realize is ra- raging around it. You can go on on online um, and Google it. There's a... Um, There's a conflict, uh, what do they call it, conflict counter or whatever. Then you can go there and it shows a map. And it's got highlighted all the conflicts all across or around the globe, different conflicts. And believe it or not, the one that I'm going to preach about here this morning is not listed on there. It's not listed on there. He said, well, Brother Haggit, it must not be uh, all that big of a war then. No, my friend, it's bigger than anything that's going on right now. It's bigger than any battle that's ever been fought. It's bigger than any war that will ever be fought. And it's a war that you and I are involved in. It's a war that uh, many times is forgotten about. There's an unseen war being fought all over the world at this very moment. In Ephesians chapter 6, and verse 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, every war, every battle, every casualty of life is connected to the war that we're talking about this morning. This daily battle that goes on, it wounds and it attack, attacks uh, 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 the, the people's lives and the enemy is, is raging and that enemy is Satan in the flesh. Continually the battle is going on. Yes, the conflict in Ukraine, the conflict in in Israel and Gaza, with multiple conflicts and battles being fought around the globe, they're they're, the results and the influence of the battle that I'm talking about this morning. They're the results of this as a spiritual war being fought with Satan and the spiritual darkness of this world. You see, if it was not for Satan's desire to destroy mankind, say, preacher, why does he want to destroy mankind? Because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And he hates anything and everything that has to do with God. And so he wants us to fight one another and he wants us to to destroy one another and he wants us to have anger and he wants us to have bitterness towards everybody around us. He wants us to have all the inequalities and different things that we build the the wars and the battles upon and all the, the things that go with it. More revealing is the battle that is the closest to home, that is the the battle that you and I face every day. That's in part of the bigger picture as the enemy of God tries to destroy each of us, each of us spiritually. You're sitting here this morning. We're not sitting here wearing a camouflage or, or some type of, of army uh, outfit. We're here, we're dressed up, and but can I tell you, but you're still suited up, and you're still supposed to be suited up to, for the battle. You're still supposed to be in the battle. You're still supposed to be fighting for the Lord Jesus Christ. The enemies of God want to take over your whole life and even destroy your soul if you're not saved. You see, sitting here this morning, Satan desires to to come in and to attack your life. Get your mind on something else. Do different things in your lives and bring about different things in your lives to destroy you. There's a good soldier, though, but as a good soldier, we're to stand and fight against the wiles of the devil. In Ephesians chapter 6 there in verse 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, when we send men into war, we don't just send them in and, Hey, listen, fellas, uh, here's your flip-flops and here's your pair of cutoffs offs and, and a t-shirt. And uh, here's, a, here's a stick. Uh, go out there and fight. No, we don't do that. We try to suit them up. We try to give them some body armor. We try to give them the, the tools necessary. We try to give them the ammunition. We try to give them the guns. We try to give them the, the support. We try to give them the training. We try to give them all that, you know, a helmet to, to protect them and, and different things that, that we can help them be a good soldier and be able to fight the battle that's before them. Do you realize that as a good soldier for Jesus Christ, God has what he wants us to, to take into battle too? There's some things that many of us don't realize is, is part of the battle that, that will protect us. We're to put on the whole armor of God and, and we're to stand against the wiles of the devil and we're not to give in uh, into him or give any ground uh, in our lives. You know, I, I, I watched over there or watched uh, some of the things going on with the Ukraine and and Russia, and, and it seemed like there were certain places that, man, it was just a, they would try to gain a few feet, and a, just a few feet, and just a few feet. It wasn't about gaining a mile. It wasn't about gaining uh, five miles. It was about gaining a few feet or a few yards in certain skirmishes and battles that they were fighting. Can I tell you something? Satan is not out to this morning destroy you by taking you all the way and making you automatically a drug addict or messing your life up with alcohol and making you a a drunkard automatically. But he realizes by little by little, if he can get an inch in your life, then he can get another inch in your life. Then he can get another inch in your life. Before long, he's taken uh, over uh, much ground in your life, and he begins to destroy your life, and begins to change your way of thinking and, and change your attitude towards things. I know, I know of Christians, uh, or professed Christians, I'm going to put it that way, professed Christians who say that they no longer believe that the Bible is the Word of God, that no longer believe that God is God, and, and they don't even know what to believe in You say, well, preacher, they really say, I can't tell you whether they're saved. No, I'm going to just tell you that. They don't show the fruits of it, but I'm going to tell you this, that at one time they said they believed and, and Satan got in inch by inch and inch by inch and began to take ground in their life and begin to change their thinking and begin to destroy their life. Many times we don't understand it. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place. You give him a foot, he'll take a mile. He's out to get your life. He's out to destroy you. And many times we think, oh, it's just a little thing, preacher. It's just a little thing. It's not that big a deal. And and, and yeah, I know God probably not pleased with me. It's just a little thing. But you're giving up ground to Satan. You're giving a part of your life to Satan. You're giving a part of that spiritual walk with God so that for a little bit of pleasure or a little bit of this or a little bit of that, and before long, Satan begins to move in and begins to take over. Begins to try to destroy in your life and try to, to pull you farther and farther away from God. You see, the enemies of God are ruthless and they're deceptive. First Peter 5 says, Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I often point out the fact that he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. He may come along here and, and he may look. And he said, no, I don't find any open doors in Pam's life. No, I don't find any open doors in Debbie's life. He may get over here and say, oh, wait a minute. Here's a crack in the door. It's just opened a little bit. And Jonathan's letting, giving me a little bit of space. My friend, he'll stick his foot in the door. He'll begin to pry his way into your life and try to get you uh, your mind off the Lord Jesus Christ and get you to thinking about the things of this world instead instead about the Lord Jesus Christ. He begin to try to pull you away from God. He's ruthless and he's he's looking for a way into your life that he might destroy, that he might devour you. John chapter eight verse forty four says, "Year of your father, the devil." Jesus was talking to. Some of the Pharisees here. He says, You're the father, your devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. And he begins to describe their father. He says he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh uh, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And he was talking about Satan, your enemy and my enemy. We're very familiar with what's been broadcast about the Hamas and, and all that took place when they raided and went in to, to Israel and, and all the atrocities that took place there. Could I tell you that Hamas really just kind of took a plan and an actions right out of the playbook of their father, the devil? As they went in, they murdered, they raped, they, uh, they lied about things, hiding in the darkness, terror, devouring children. Uh, deception, caring not for anyone, using innocent people as shields, and and, and, and many times uh, trying to, you know, here I'm going to say something here may make somebody may make people upset. I don't care. <coughs> right. If it was America, we wouldn't be standing back and say, "Now you need to take it easy." That's right. Amen. If it was your children that got stacked up in stacks and burnt alive, it would you wouldn't be saying, "Let's take it easy." If it was your wife that was raped and then murdered, you wouldn't be standing back and saying, let's take it easy. If it was your daughter that had her head cut off after she'd been abused, you wouldn't be standing back and saying, let's take it easy. You'd be saying, let's take everything we got and let's go after that enemy and let's destroy them. And I don't mean to be crude and be mean, but... They took a play. They took plays right out of, out of the devil's. Book. They took children, babies, and put them in ovens. <coughs> Beheaded them. Different things. That's a play. That's right out of the playbook of Satan himself. And my friend, understand that if that's, the, if that's where that's coming from, think about what Satan is trying to do to you and I. This is the same thing that Satan does spiritually in the lives of people when trying to destroy them. Suicide, divorce. Sexual sins, drugs, immorality, deception, lies, devouring children, using the innocent to destroy lives, and and Hollywood uh, using all their uh, all that they've got to publicize all the things and draw uh, innocent little children into lives, uh, telling them that hey listen if you feel hey little girls if you feel like a boy you're a boy and l- little boys if you feel like a girl you're a girl said preacher you're getting politic no I'm telling you it's it's right straight out of Satan's playbook uh, he wants to destroy the thinking of of the next generation if he can destroy the next generation how can can we uh, the foundation stand it's a battle and we're in that battle he's out to destroy your home he's out to destroy your marriage he's out to destroy your children he's out to destroy your grandchildren he's out to destroy any way possible that he can battling you from the tunnels Trying to get you quit on God. See what do you mean by the tunnels? Head. You're sitting around and all of a sudden, man, where'd that thought come from? From the tunnels of your mind. Well, you walk in and all of a sudden you walk in a store or something and there's stuff in front of you and it's all of a sudden it's right there in front of you. Man, what's going on? Battling from the darkness. Working to destroy you, lobbing the bombs of sin and discouragement into your life. I was working, worked on this message, and everything got done. and And yesterday, boy, there were some things that just aggravated me. Got aggravated. Said, "Preacher, you got aggravated? Oh yeah, I can do it. <laughs> I can do it." <laughs> He said, boy, be a big, big thing. No, I was putting up a wreath, and I got mad at it. <laughs> I wanted to throw it down on the ground and stomp it. And something like that that can just go all over you sometimes. And then I remembered, where'd that come from? Why did I get upset about something so small? Can I tell you where it come from? Satan enemy. Trying to discourage other things that uh, took place yesterday and the day before and, everything, and, it, and it was on my mind back and forth and, 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 and it was like man, I was getting kind of discouraged and then uh, I, after, after a while I began to think where's that coming from? That's never bothered me before. And I realized that it was another attack by Satan. Trying to discourage, trying to beat down He'll sneak a drone of unawares in, in, in by to try to trip you up. Multitudes are dying without Christ as their Savior in this battle. You know, it's, it's an amazing thing when you begin to think about churches that, all the churches that we have in America. I'm just talking about America right now. But all the churches that we have in America and how few people are trying to reach the lost. How few people are trying to tell others about Jesus Christ. How few people are trying to get the gospel out. Oh, it's a sad day in which we live and, and when, when we as are to be the soldiers of, of, of Jesus Christ and we're not going into the battle and, and trying to, to reach others for Jesus Christ and trying to stop the enemy dead in their tracks. Satan wants to keep you from receiving Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning, you know Jesus Christ, your Savior. He wants to stop you this morning. See, why does he want to stop me from getting saved, preacher? Because he realizes if you get saved, you'll be on the Lord's army. And that you'll be able to do battle against him. You'll be able to reach somebody else for Christ, and you'll be able to, to live for the Lord and bring honor and glory to his name and, and to magnify him and to glorify him with your life instead of living in sin and being destroyed by Satan. Satan doesn't want you. He wants you to say, uh, don't worry about that. You can get saved later. Wait till you're older. Wait till you're old and bald-headed like that preacher up there. And, and then you can get saved. But don't worry about it right now, young people. Don't worry about that getting saved. Hey, listen, you got your whole life to live. Do what you want to do. Think and you can worry about that when you're on your deathbed. My friend, can I tell you, you may not be alive tomorrow. Well says, today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart as in the provocation. He said today, why did he say today? Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to take place today, let alone what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why we must know Jesus Christ is our Savior. That's why we must put our faith and trust in him before it's eternally too late. And the enemy is trying to put you off and put you off and put you off. One of the things that's try, that they're trying to do is, is they're trying to get Israel to, to hold off and to hold off and to back off for a little while. Say, why don't you back off for a little while? No, that, that's what Satan tries to do. Well, just put it off a little while. Back off a little while. Don't worry about that. Can I tell you something that's more than my friend? Hey, listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're Savior. If you was to die without him, you'll spend eternity in a lake of fire forever and ever. Yeah. And there is no second chance. There is no getting out on good behavior. There is no second chance. And oh, how we need to understand that Jesus Christ came into this world. The Bible says that we all owe a sin debt that we can't pay. For the wages of sin is death, the Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.23 Hey, listen! I, I praise the Lord that He He made it a gift. It's not something that you can work for. It's not something that you can buy. It's not something that you can can join enough churches to get. Hey, listen! It's a free gift to all who will come unto Him. God commend His love towards him that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, Romans five eight Romans five uh, Romans ten chapter thirteen. He says, or chapter ten verse thirteen says, uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not a maybe soul. Not a might soul. But shall be but you got to back up to verse 10 where he says for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation it's desiring Jesus Christ as your Savior wanting him to be your Lord and Savior and asking him to forgive your sins and come into your heart and life he said I'll save you he loves you also Christian that's why we must fight the good fight of faith First 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. In 1 Timothy 1 verse 18 and 19, he says, this, I, this, charge I, uh, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith. And good conscience, which some have put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Paul calls it a fight of faith. So why is it a fight of faith? Can I ask you this morning, who are you trusting? Well, preacher, I can take care of myself. Then you're trusting yourself. Well, preacher, I'm good enough. Then you're trusting yourself. It's a good fight of faith. Our faith has got to be in the Lord Jesus Christ, not ourselves. It's a good fight of faith. It can't be in, in what we can accomplish. It's got to be in what the Lord has already done for us. It's a good fight of faith. And so in the, in the battles, we got to trust the Lord. we got to follow him every step of the way. Our faith has got to be in him, not in the flesh, not in self, and not in this world. But our faith has got to be in the Lord Jesus Christ every day, every step of the way, as we're in this battle to fight against the enemy. You know... And I never was in in the uh, military. I signed up for the draft as soon as I got out of high school, and went on. There was nothing going on in, in, as far as America being in, in in war and stuff. And so they had ended the ended that you had to to enlist. And so I signed up for the draft. But I've had a lot of friends and different ones I've talked to that spent years in the battle and and different ones. Uh, I've i uh, got an uncle that he died last year. He was 100 years old. He fought in the Pacific, World War II. We're all over that area down there. And one of the things that you'll generally find when you talk to different soldiers and, is that there's something about you're trusting the guy next to you. You're trusting, the, you're, you're, you're trusting your, your, those who are fighting with you. It's kind of like having a faith that they're there for you. <laughs> that they're going to be there for you and that you're going to be there for them. Can I tell you something this morning? There's a greater faith that we can have and there's a greater faith that will make a difference in our lives as we fight this battle, and that's our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Following Him faithfully, living for Him, putting our faith, when the difficulties come, when the discouragement comes in your mind, when you get that letter in the mail that says, hey, listen, uh, you got this big bill coming, and you say, I don't know how I'm going to pay that. Have faith in Him. When you go to the doctor and, and, he, and you walk in and you sit down and... He says, i I, I got to tell you something. I've got something to share with you. And you know already that it's going to be bad news. And Hey, listen, have faith in the Lord that he knows what's going on. He's able to take care of what's going on. When you, when you see something happening maybe in your family and things are, are not going the way that they should be going and, and, you, and, you, and you don't know who to call out on, call out on the Lord and have faith in him to carry you through. There's a faith that we need to have in the Lord. Paul calls it a fighting faith. We're to have faith and continue in faith in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ in this battle that Satan has, has waged against us. Fighting for righteousness and getting the gospel to everyone that we possibly can before the return of the Lord to take us to heaven. I think that we need to stand up. I think we need to, to take a stand. And I think we need to live in a, in, as a Christian ought to live in this day and time. Hey, listen. This world... Hollywood and different different things in this world, and and even a lot of the politicians are pushing the immorality and the ungodliness and the and the wickedness and trying to make it uh, something that you have to accept. Can I tell you something? You don't have to accept it. Amen. You what we need to accept is what the Bible says. Go back to that. Uh, uh, go back to the Word of God. God created man and He created woman, and 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 He didn't create Adam and Steve. He created Adam and Eve. Amen. Amen. And we ought to live for the Lord Jesus Christ and follow him and stand in the battle and, and live for the Lord in such a way that, hey, listen, others can see Jesus Christ in us. It would be good soldiers, not soldiers that have been, went out AWOL or AWOL in this battle for the Lord. Too many Christians are sitting alongside. They've bailed out. Well, preacher, it's just, I've seen a hypocrite in the church. Okay, I understand. Well, you know, so-and-so goes there, and boy, they're just not a very good person, I understand. Well, preacher, you know, uh, this and that and everything in church. Can I tell you something? Let me just tell you something right now. You can write it down, and we probably ought to put it on the wall. The church is not a museum museum to portray perfection. It is a hospital to help those who are in need. And I hate to tell you, but each one of us, every one of us, including this preacher, we need to be in that hospital. We need the help. We need the touch of God in our lives daily. Not just once in a while, but every single day. We need to trust Him and follow Him and allow Him to guide and direct our day. Second Timothy chapter 2 Timothy 2, verse 3 says, "Therefore, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You see, also the Lord has given us a handbook. You might want to call it, Rules of engagement. Rules of engagement. I think that sometimes we have probably messed up our military and held them back because of some of the rules of engagement. That we have not went all the way as we should have went. I've listened to different commentaries and different uh, generals and and different ones who were in control of of that, and they they backed them off because of their so-called rules of engagement, and they could have ended the war quicker. Fewer lives would have been lost if they would have, uh, instead of putting tight restrictions on them by some of their silly thoughts. But the Lord has given us some rules of engagement. He's given us a book here. It's a handbook, you might say. It's the rules of engagement, how that we're to live for the Lord. This book, this Bible, is powerful and is one of our greatest weapons that we have in our lives. Ephesians 6 there in verse 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. What's truth, preacher? The Word of God. Also, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's the truth that we need in our lives. We need that engagement in our lives. It's truth, and we need to engage truth in our conversations. We need to engage truth in our life. We need to engage truth in our actions. We need to engage truth in everything that we do. He goes on and says, And having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Preacher, what's the gospel? The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Boy, anywhere and everywhere you go. Boy, that's one of the things we need is we need to be engaging the gospel into people's lives and in our own lives. Hey, listen, I understand. I, I'm not what I ought to be, but can I tell you something? You didn't know me uh, before a few years ago, but I'm sure not what I was before I got saved. Amen? Amen? And you aren't either. If you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, He's changed you now. You ain't perfect and you aren't going to be. You say, Preacher, you ain't. You ain't perfect and you're not not going to be, not in this life. We still have this old flesh that we struggle with. We still have the, the battle with the old flesh. But my friend, understand that there's a gospel of peace that we should be sharing with others. There's so many people today, they're taking pills and taking drugs and taking liquor, and they're going from this event to that event trying to find some peace, trying to find some satisfaction, and their life is a turmoil. They're switching this job and switching this life and switching this house and switching it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things if it's done for the right reason. But if they're looking for some peace in their life, no way you're going to have peace is when you have Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the gospel of peace. I remember as a teenager, before I got saved, I said, boy, that was a long time ago. It wasn't all that long. But I remember we lived in a mobile home out in the country and there was a big maple tree. I mean a big maple tree back here where my bedroom was. And I was under conviction, knew I was lost, knew I was going to die and go to hell. If I, I mean, if I died, I'd go to hell. And I can remember during some storms and some of those limbs would brush and slap against the end of that that mobile home where my bedroom was. And I'd lay there awake all night and there was conviction uh, in my heart thinking, man, if that tree comes crashing down across this uh, mobile home and kills me, I'm going to spend eternity in a lake of fire. And, and it was I went to church one time and, or I was going to church uh, and standing in the back with my friends and a girlfriend and, and uh, a lady turned around and I had a hold I was under conviction and I had a hold of the back of the pew and the lady turned around she said would you like to go forward and get saved and I looked her right in the face and I'll tell you what I think my, she could see my shirt jumping just like that I said no ma'am I'm alright and I knew that I wasn't but boy there was conviction it was bothering me there was no peace, no peace. I was afraid of what my friends down that aisle would think and that I was sitting with. I was afraid of what that girlfriend would think. I was afraid of what the guys I played on the basketball team would say because I told them I was okay. I told them I was all right. I went to church, but I was lost. Going to church don't get you to heaven. And I remember on Wednesday night, I can't even tell you what the preacher preached. But I can remember on Wednesday night, middle of May of 1975. He gave that invitation, and I sat there with those same friends. I began to think, I don't care what anybody says, I don't care what anybody thinks, I'm not going to hell for nobody. Right. Got up out of that pew and received Christ my Savior. Amen. There was a peace that came in. What did that preacher? The gospel of peace. So many people today are trying everything to find peace. Jesus Christ will bring peace in your heart and life. He goes on, he says, verse 16, he says, Above all, take the shield of faith, where, wherewith you shall be able to quench the fire darts of the wicked. Verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Boy, this is a powerful book, and we need to take the Word of God. It's powerful. It's a weapon that we're to use. It's, it's our defense, and, and it's a powerful weapon to fight against Satan, but we've got to live what it says. we got to get back to the Word of God, start living our lives uh, uh, con- uh, concerning what the Bible says. And, and Psalm 119, 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Put the Word of God in your heart and life. Oh, how we need to live for the Lord. In this battle, we're armed with the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the power of prayer. We serve a mighty God. And then we've got a commander-in-chief that sends us into this battle we got one we can trust. Don't make me get into anything going on right now. But we got one that we can trust that sends us into the battle. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And then he says this, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He sent us into the battle. You've been sent into the battle. I don't know doubt you you veterans that stood up here, there was a point at which uh, if there was a battle raging, you, you were sent into battle. You were sent into battle. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has sent you and I as Christians into the battle. But here's something to realize. Notice that he goes into the battle with us. He goes into that battle with us. He says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He sends us, tells us to go. He said, But I'm going with you. I'm going with you. Our great leader, our king, our commander in chief, goes with us into the battle, and he fights the battle for us. If for us, and we're to follow him, he says, "Go," but he goes with us. He says, "Stand," but he holds us up. He says, "Fight," but he fights for us. Man, we serve a mighty God. We got a mighty God that we that we serve, and that we that we're soldiers of Jesus Christ. What a mighty God! Instead of just sending us off to battle by ourselves to face the enemy alone, he says in James chapter 4, he says, Submit yourselves, In verse 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And then he says in verse 8, Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. He said, I'll be right there with you. Come here, Colton. It's like this. Let's say that that, uh, I'm the President of the United States. I wouldn't want that job for anything in the world. <laughs> but I, there's a battle raging. I say, okay, you've been drafted. Here's your gun. Go hit it, buddy. <laughs> all right, now, next thing up, uh, we're going we're to pass a bill on, on uh, how close you can clip the hair on your dog. All right, that's what we're going to do next. And I'm worried about all this other stuff, about getting reelected and everything else. But I have done sent this young man out to fight a battle. Don't you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? I do. All right. Then you are a soldier for Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. And he sends you into a battle. He says, go fight the battle. But he goes with you. He goes with you. You know what? When the enemy... Stand up here, John. <laughs> See how big and burly the enemy looks? I tell you, it's, it's bad, man. It's, woo! oh good night he sends you into the battle to fight the the Goliaths of this world but they got to fight Jesus Christ he sends you to go but he goes with you he tells you to stand don't run in battle don't back up but he's there to hold you up the fight comes he says I'll fight you thank you fellas understand we're in a great battle but Jesus Christ says I'll go with you (coughs) I have sent you into this as soldiers of the cross he said I will go with you we have a great commander have a great commander great commander our power in this battle is not ours Ephesians 6, verse 10 and 11 says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It's the power of the Lord. It's the armor of God. It's not our strength. It's not our strong will. It's not our mind over matter. It's not our physical strength. It's not our ability or talents. It's the power of God that we need. How do you get that, preacher? You get it on your knees before God. You get it when you get in this book and you begin to read it and study it and put it in your heart and life. You get it when you begin to to seek the Lord with all of your heart. He said that, Call on me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Jeremiah 33, he says, Call unto me. He said, It's a power that I want to give you. I want to help you in this battle. I want to strengthen you. I want to help you to stand. Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Where you get that strength? Through Christ. Through Christ. Our motto should be one that has been around for a long time. A lot of people think that it's just in, been in the modern history that goes back to the Revolutionary Wars. Our motto should be also leave no one behind. No man left behind is what we say. As I look around, there's Christians who are fallen in the battle. We need to pick them up, leave no one behind. There's family members and there's, there's friends and there's co-workers and there's a the neighbor that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. We need to reach them, leave no one behind. When Jesus Christ came into this world, that was His motto. See what do you mean? 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord says, I don't want to leave anybody behind. I don't want to leave anybody. And that should be our desire, to restore, to build up the Christians, but also to reach the lost. Leave no man behind. We're in a great war. Every one of us that know Jesus Christ our Savior is a soldier for Christ. But could I ask you this morning, Christian, are you AWL, absent without leave? Do you need to get suited up, maybe? Do you need to get involved? Do you need to be telling your family, your friends, your co-workers about Jesus Christ? Leave no one behind. Leave no one behind. Reach all. You see, a fallen comrade, a fallen Christian going through difficult times, pick them up. Pick them up. Our power and our strength is not in us, but it's in Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one look around. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for the mercies of God. Lord, I pray that you be with us now. Lord, help us to draw nigh to you and to lift you up. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen us by thy mighty hand. In this battle that we're facing, Lord, we see it raging even more so than ever before. Lord, help us to stand. Help us, Lord, to put on the whole armor of God. Help us, Lord, to take the truth. And help us, Lord, to win our friends, our families, our neighbors, our coworkers all around us. Leave no one behind. Thank you for so great a love and mercy that you've shown to us. Lord, maybe there's somebody here this morning, if they died right now, they don't know that they would go to heaven. Lord, I pray that you draw them. Let's take a Bible and show them how to get to receive Christ as Savior before it's eternally too late. Have your one way. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand?